Man, what a beautiful presence of God in this place. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this opportunity. Will you pray with me and not let me just pray for you? Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're here to pray together. We're here to worship together. We're here, God, to preach together. God, we're here to see God move together. God, Lord, not just for myself and not for others, God, but for, for the glory of the kingdom of God. And, Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that this is, this is greater than me. This is greater than us. And there's something more powerful happening in the supernatural that, that we can't comprehend nor see. And, but, Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that you'd help us get a glimpse and just a touch of what you're doing. And, Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that there's something stirring in this place today. Holy Spirit, speak and give visions and dreams and help us to see with spiritual eyes and hear with supernatural ears. And Lord, be able to speak with a, with a godly authority in our life. And Lord, I thank you. I want to read this scripture to you before you're seated. And, and I want to speak this into your heart and your mind. Uh, I've been reading it all weekend to be the platform for which God wants to build on and in Acts chapter 27 and verse 1 it starts off by saying and when it was decided uh, I, I can't get over this word I it hit me and I didn't know when I was going to pre I, I just I knew my context and I knew my study but when on Friday and then on Saturday when I started to read this that's when the Holy Spirit said hey what have you decided and he, I almost fell off right there. What have you decided? I'm getting excited because I'm, I, I need you to hear, like, what have you, wh when it was decided, because Paul was about to go from Jerusalem to Rome. He was about to take the headquarters of the church from Jerusalem to Rome. He was about to go to Rome, and when he went to Rome, he was going to save two-thirds of the world from Rome. And it reached and write letters to Timothy and it write letters to Ephesus and write letters to all these other people to transform the entire world because of the trip he's about to take. I need you to hear the importance because when he it was decided that it was time to go to church, time to, to live for God, time to worship, time to clap, time to sing. When when I when it was decided that the young prodigal son, when he came to his senses, and the Bible says when he decided to go home it'd be better for him to be at home than to be in the slop when it was decided never underestimate the power of your decisions that you're waiting on a feeling but god's waiting on your decision and, and you need to stop waiting on the feeling and start making the decision before the feeling and say okay god when it was decided to change the world they should sail to italy they delivered paul to some other and some other prisoners to one named julius a centurion of rome uh, of the augustan regiment go ahead Verse 2, <clears throat> so entering a ship, everybody say ship, ship. we're on a journey, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that next word, but you can read it, it's on the sky, we put to sea, meaning to sail, meaning trying, our goal, our hope, I thought 2020 was going to, uh, meaning to sail off the coast of Asia, but I, uh, I feel like we meant one thing and we got another. I want to pray with you right there. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that you've done a, a good work and you've started a good work because the worship's begun. So when the worship began, the work started to take place, and I thank you. You're stirring something in each and every one of us here and online, and I pray, God, Lord, that we would be prepared and ready for what you have for us. And, Lord, I pray, anoint me for your word. Anoint me to flow with you. Anoint me to speak what you have to speak. Anoint me to do what you would have me do. Bring things to my remembrance, God, Lord, that I haven't even thought of. 
of, nor read, nor spoken of. I wasn't taught it, but the Holy Spirit showed me. Lord, let me flow with you today in Jesus' name and accomplish the assignment that you have me on in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. Grab a seat. Get your Bibles out. Get your notebooks out. Get your pens, get ready to take good notes. I'm ready to dive right in, but I want to uh, introduce somebody. She's not a stranger, and she's not new, but she is back. Yeah. Pastor Emily, my wonderful wife. Yeah. Love it. She's, I'm so thankful she's back, and I just wanted her to greet everybody. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> And take your time. Do your thing. Um, I'll tell you something really funny. In first service, he started saying, like, oh, I want to introduce a special guest. And I was like, oh, who's here? Like, <laughs> and I totally didn't know he was talking about me. So anyway, um, I'm back, yeah. Bridge family. And happy to be here. Uh, we have been, I've, I've been kind of staying away just to keep my body in, like, prep mode for... Um, our IVF journey and Baby Merrill Watch 2020, and uh, we've been delayed again, and so that has been frustrating. Uh, I'm telling you all of this so that you just know how to be praying for us. Um, and so we, anyway, after we found out that we were delayed another 30 days, essentially, my husband said, "You're coming to church." And I think that was so appropriate. I felt in my spirit, like, you know what? You're right. I need to be back. It, I think. And that's going to really tie into your message. So you can say that later. Okay, I won't it. drop your bomb for you. Oh, okay, okay. Just but, my, don't steal my thunder. Right. But it really does tie in. But, um, you know, part of, you know, being happy, it's its good for you, right? Yeah. And you guys are my tribe. You're my people. And so I've been missing you guys. And in Proverbs, it says that a cheerful heart is good medicine to the bones. And so um, I need to be cheerful. Yeah. And the only way I can really be my pure, cheerful self is when I'm in church with y'all. So I'm back. I'm back. Thanks for having grace and love for me. So love you guys. Please. Thank you, hon. Love you. So excited. My, my, my best friend is back. And so that means the world to me. And it may not mean everything to you, but I love having my wife with me. Uh, she's, she's such a wonderful compass for me to make sure I'm on track. Because so, when I'm preaching good, she'll amen. And when I tell a good joke, she'll laugh. But if she's quiet, then I know I need to do better. And so uh, we'll see how it goes today. We'll, we'll see how the barometer gauges. But I want to paint a picture for you. Uh, we're going to set this up uh, this week, and then next week we're going to dive even deeper. But I want to get us warmed up, okay? And I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to do a phenomenal work in, in both services. In the last four services I preached this weekend, it's been incredible. God's, God's done something phenomenal. And he's talking to us about this voyage. And we got this word last year in November. And, and God, God said, hey, guess what? I'm going to take you on a trip. And I was like, yes! How many, when you hear you're going on a trip, you're like, yeah, Disney World, baby. You're like, we're going. On. And then he was like, here's COVID. And then <laughs> we're like, whoa, this is not the journey we expected. This is, we thought we were sailing 
around the coast of Asia. Like they said, we were meaning to go this way, but we've got this. And God said, we're taking you on a voyage. But part of the tagline was to say, he said, I, I want you to launch out into uncharted territory. And I want you to take territory for the kingdom of God that hasn't been taken. Well, that means you have to go into waters that nobody's been in. You have, you're going to have to experience things that nobody's experienced. And aren't we feeling that during this whole pandemic? You cannot compare it to any other time in history. This is the, the, a once-in-a-lifetime thing that we are being hit with. And so this word is so appropriate and so perfectly timed. Uh, and we've been preaching on it. I started the year off talking about the voyage and launching into uncharted territory. And we, God gave us these four phrases uh, that we have, and we've been talking about them throughout the year. And I'm going to talk about the fourth one today, and that is we need to embrace the uncertainty. Everybody say embrace. embrace. Say it's one thing. It's one thing to know that there's uncertainty. It's another thing to embrace the uncertainty because it was very key that God gave us this word because I don't need to run from uncertainty or just know it's out there. I need to embrace it because the map of life that's before us isn't always charted and we don't see all of our, come on, am I preaching to anybody who's walked with Jesus long enough to know that you don't know every step in front of you and sometimes it feels like a walk of faith. Because if you have it mapped out for you, it's a walk of facts. But you're not meant to walk a walk of facts. It's meant to be a walk of faith. And so we have to embrace the uncertainty, but we also have to. We're almost there. Ready? Here we go. We're also supposed to. Expect. Y'all are going to help me preach today, okay? Expect the resistance. And we felt it. Somebody said amen. amen. Like re resistance is what we feel. We, we felt it all year. Finally starts to get better, more resistance, more resistance, more resistance. When, when we finally get a breather, more resistance. When something else starts to finally break, we get more resistance. And then all of a sudden, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. And then the world continu continues to pile on. The enemy continues to pile on. We continue to pile on ourselves, resistance. But let me tell you, when resistance on resistance on resistance happens, strength is the product of resistance. And so at the end of your resistance training, God is going to say, let me show you how strong you are. Now, you, you, we think that the resistance is meant to show our weakness, but the resistance is meant to reveal your strength. And so we're meant to go ahead and say, God, you know what? I'm expecting the resistance. I'm coming prepared. Isn't that the most awkward? How many ever seen the gym fail videos that are out there all over the place? And the guys are up there like moving the cables and like looking like they're insane out there or coming looking like they're dressed for like combat and not for workout and they're coming in there but w when we expect resistance i bet we'll start looking like we were meant to be there i bet when we expect when we're going in for a workout and you dress for the workout and you're prepared for the workout it'll the workout will go a lot smoother when you expect resistance instead of being blindsided not knowing you were in a fight so then thirdly is uh, endeavor with hope and we all need hope right now. And we've been preaching about hope the last several weeks, just trying to let people know there is hope. There is hope. God is doing something good. Everybody wants to preach doomsday and, and, and wants to preach. I'm hearing so many messages about end times and preaching about, oh, Jesus is coming again. Armageddon is going to happen. The blood moon showed up. Everything, all the all hell is breaking loose. And we're all going to die soon. And there, I, that's all I've heard. Doomsday, 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 doomsday. But I'm pretty sure that when I look at the scripture, the Bible says, having done all, stand, stand firm with the gospel of truth in your life and know that there is hope because when all else fades, when all else fades, these three remain, love, faith, and hope. Right. I, need, I need to stand in hope. 
And then lastly, embark towards discovery. We're going to talk about that today. And so when we get into this, we see the, the beginning part, or really we're in the middle of Paul's journey. Paul in Acts chapter 19, write that down, because we're two things. We're a note-taking church and an expressive church. Uh, in Acts chapter 19, Paul gets the word from God. And he says, hey, Paul, you're going to go. I'm going to send you to Rome. I want you to write a letter, and you're going to petition to go before Caesar, and I'm going to put you in front of Caesar, and we're going to change the whole world. Isn't that a great word? Well, 10 chapters later, Paul still hasn't gotten there. And, and Paul begins to get a word. He's like, okay, now it's time to finally go to Rome. And he's going to go to Rome to go before Caesar, but he's not going as the preacher that God said he was go. He's going as a prisoner. H has life turned out a little different than the way you thought it would? And when you, you said, God says, hey, I'm calling you into the body of Christ. I'm calling you into, and you thought like, oh, this is great. And you thought it was going to be one thing, but it became another. And the enemy threw curveballs at you in different directions. In fact, they tried to brand you differently. They tried to tell you, oh, no, you're not good enough. They tried to tell you, you're just a prisoner. They tried to tell you, you're not, you're not, you don't know enough about the body. They tried to tell you who you are. See, the world tried to tell Paul he's a prisoner. The, the Jewish people tried to tell Paul he was a heretic, but he had to remember who God called him, and God called him an apostle. God called him an ambassador. God, an ambassador means to one who goes and establishes kingdom principles. So I go to another territory to establish a kingdom principle around me and a mandate and carry the standards of God, and that's what God called him. So even though he was in the midst of a, of a very difficult situation, and his problem was looming over him like, okay, God, I'm in chains again. I'm in chains, in I, I'm in chains again. Y'all remember when last time Paul was in prison and he was in chains? How many, know my, how many know your Bible? When he was back in prison and him and who? Silas were in chains. Do you think Paul knew how to get out of chains? But the Bible says that Paul and Silas began to worship, chains fell off and walls came down. I, I think Paul, if he really wanted to, he go. <coughs> And he just start, man, he just start worshiping. I, I don't sing very good. We should have gotten somebody else. But you have, but you, he could have just said, you know what? Let me just start singing because your problem and your thing that you're trying to tell me who I am and what I'm called to, and you're trying to limit my potential and what I'm, what you think I can do. Let me just tell you, all I need to do is sing, and these chains will come off. But God will use the very thing that you're trying to use against me. God will use it for me. I'm pretty sure there's a scripture that I see somewhere in the Bible, that, uh, that what the enemy means for evil, God will turn for your good. That God works all things out for the good of those who love him. Because what the enemy's trying to say, oh, this is, because their plan was, oh, he, we got him now. We, he's a prisoner. He's going on a ship. He's going to stand before Caesar, and he's going to die. And Paul said, nah, you don't, have, you don't know my purpose. Because every time you face a problem, you got to remember your purpose is greater. And so Paul begins this journey. And as Paul begins this journey, Paul, Paul, they set out, they get him on a ship, and then they make all these stops. And as they make all these stops, and there they're, they're pit stops here and a pit stop there, and all of a sudden, it's taking too long. It's going so long. And in a 27-day journey, 27 days, it should have been 27 days total to get from one port to the next of where they were supposed to go. Do you know how long it took? Thank you, Jeremy, for being here all all three services. Four months. Four months, you great theologian back there. Four months. 
It took four months. It took four months. It took four months. Somebody say it took too long. Somebody say it took too long. It took too long. It's taken too long for me to get married. It's taken too long for, for me to have kids. It's taken too long for my purpose to be fulfilled. It's taken too long for my finances to finally get ready. It's taken too long for things to grow. It's taken too long for my business to take off. It's taken too long to make a big impact in Flagstaff. It's taken too long to experience revival. We've been praying about some things and expecting things. Paul was longing for Rome for a long time, but it was taking too long. And every step, every every port, every place, every time, every pit stop. It felt like it was a waste of time. And Paul is saying, we have spent a lot of time in all these wrong places. When are we going to finally get to where I know we're meant to be? Somebody say it took too long. Because Paul thought it was all too long by chance, but really it was by God's perfect timing. You see, it might, you might be a little older than you think when you finally get to where you've been desiring. But God has a perfect timing. It might take long. We could talk about it with a pandemic. It's taken too long to finally break this. It's taking too long. It's dragging out. Well, God, when are we going to be free? When are we going to be, when are we going to feel safe again? When are we going to go out again? When are we going to not have to feel the restrictions again? And we're going to live free. God, when? It's taken too long. But let me just tell you this. When I was 22, Emily and I just got married. <clears throat> And we, uh, we wanted, uh, I wanted kids, like right away. And, and you could go ahead and laugh. 22 years old and kid, you, know, you shouldn't be having kids. You should wait a little bit. And so I, we had just gotten married. And so when we had, we, I, I want, not only did I want kids, I wanted a lot. Yeah. I wanted like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted like five. I wanted like a six, yeah, six. I wanted, a, I'm sorry, I want a big family. And now that I'm 36, I just want like one, <laughs> maybe two. You know, if we had twins, we might be done. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what, you know, like when time, I thought I wanted to have kids here. But, but God said, look, if you had kids here and you had the five that you wanted to have and you wanted to do it your way, the three churches you planted in the last 10 years might have taken 10 times longer and might have gone a different direction. And all the things that I've had you do and had you go and had you be, I could, I traveled the world and preached all over the world. But that'd be a little bit harder with five kids in tow. But, but my timing is different than God's timing. And, and we may feel like it's taking too long, but God says it's right on time. Because uh, the time is developing patience. And let patience take its perfect work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. But impatience always robs you of the power and the potential of your purpose. So when your purpose is out there and the potential of greatness that it could have, your impatience can rob you of the power in that purpose. But because you wait and you're patient through the process, God says, it's all right. It's not taking too long. I'm always right on time. And you know what? The disciples, this just came to me when I was thinking about this. Remember when the disciples were rowing? And they were rowing. And they were rowing. And they were rowing. And they were and going nowhere. The Bible says they didn't get anywhere. They were rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. And they're like, oh, come on. Why aren't we getting there? This is taking too long. And then the Bible says that Jesus showed up and set foot in their boat and they appeared. Yeah. 
at their destination. Let me just tell you, when you're struggling and through the resistance training of life and you're developing faith and perseverance and patience and all the things you need, if all you need, you may feel like even when Jesus shows up, it's still going to take a while. No, 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 no. When Jesus shows up, that's when it's right on time and he gets to you. He expedites your whole journey and you may feel like, you know what? I'm already this old and I've only got this much left and I've only got that much left. God, if you don't show up now, I can't do as much as what you wanted. God says, no, I, I can do everything in a moment. And suddenly in Acts chapter 2, a sound came from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole place and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place. It took God a long time to do a quick thing. And sometimes God may take a long time to do a quick thing, but it's going to be the best thing in your life. And God is going to allow that to develop in you. Can somebody say amen? amen? Because we're trying to see how God works through the timing of his great work and our purpose in that work. And then Paul, while he's uh, toiling and waiting, he's, he's going from port to port and he's, it's taken way longer than normal. He starts to see that there's a storm coming and he tries to give him a warning. And it says in verse 9, it says right here, it says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous, why? Because of the fast was already over. Because the fast was already over? Wait, he just said the storm was dangerous. How many are, are you, you majored in English and gr you're really good with your grammar? Can you see right here my confusion? As a man who studies how to communicate and speak and read, look at this. It says, now when much time has been spent and sailing was now dangerous because it was dangerous because the fast was already over. Why, why is it more dangerous when a fast is ending? Let me just tell you this. I'll tell you why. Because when the storm of life comes at you, the last thing that you need is your flesh in control. And what you do by fasting and praying, like we're in a 21-day time of fasting and praying, is when the storms of life come stronger than ever before, that's when you need to fast and pray more than ever before. It's not a time where your flesh should be in more control than your spirit. Your spirit should be more control than your flesh. When the enemy comes at you like a flood, don't run to your natural tendency run to supernatural favor but you need to step out of, of look the storm is dangerous but our natural tendency is to see that the storm is dangerous and then be led by our senses I see this so I'm gonna do this I feel this, so I'm going to react like that. You said that, so I'm going to respond like this. We, we're led by our senses. And so what happens is Paul tries to warn them, hey, there's a storm coming. I've been praying and fasting, and there's a huge storm coming. And he tries to warn them, if you keep going this course, we are going to experience traumatic loss and devastation. The ship will be lost, and every life will be lost. But instead of listening to the preacher, they listen to the pilot. Because the Bible says they turned and went to the pilot and said, well, what do you think? How many are just, let's be, every real person who's honest, would you turn to the pilot too? I would turn to the pilot too. Like, yeah, I would turn to the pilot too, Bob. Because if I'm on a plane and some crazy, you know, hyper-religious person in the back of the plane starts shouting like, the plane's going down, we're all going to die. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. This plane is going to be a ball of fire and nobody's going to survive. That's Paul's word to all these guys. I would be like, hey, somebody get the duct tape. 
we'll go talk to the pilot and we'll get a real like assess. We'll find out what's really happening. And that's what Paul, that's what they all, they said, let's go talk to the pilot. Why? Because they were being led by their senses. But Paul was being led by his spirit. When you're being led by your senses in a storm, you can lead yourself in a greater devastation than you think. But when you're led by the spirit of it, see, you can, you, our senses, we're constantly trying to let our senses drive the ship. But it's our senses that shouldn't be driving the ship. It's our spirit that should be driving our ship. It's our spirit that should be driving what we do. But we're always trying to figure things out and make sure it feels right and it looks right. And I want to make sense of this. Isn't that our mistake that we normally get in? We're trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to make sense of why I'm at church today. I'm going to try to make sense of how did I end up here. I'm going to try to make sense of, of how ministry works. I'm going to try to make sense of Jesus. This is where people get wrong in doctrine and theology because they try to make sense of a God that is beyond their comprehension. And so they're trying to make sense of stuff. That's why Jesus, throughout his ministry, he did everything that was crazy and didn't make sense. He was like, oh, give me some mud and give me some spit. I'm going to heal somebody. What? Why would you do that, Jesus? That's disgusting and vile, and I would be upset. I'd get my eyesight like, did you really? Like, that way? We could have done it any other way. But he healed another guy but just by speaking. And then he healed another person by saying, hey, pick up your mat and walk. He healed another person by laying on top of him. And then he went over and he said he waited till his friend died and was buried in the tomb and didn't make sense. And then he showed up and said, Lazarus, come forth. Because ministry doesn't make sense. But when you're trying to make sense of ministry, you'll always lose touch of the spirit. Because the Spirit is always going to take you to places you didn't think, do things you didn't expect, always create the opportunity for the unexpected. When you've got the equation on God, God changes the equation and says, but this is, this is the power in this. Because if you finally got the equation, he changes it up to keep you seeking. See, what, there are a lot of people who come to church and you're mature believers and you found a few equations on God and God says, let me mix it up again. Because, and you're like, wait a second, I feel dry again. I feel like disconnected again. Where's God again? I have to find. And God makes you fight through worship and praise and prayer and the word. And he makes you learn a new equation because he's got to keep you hungry for him. Come on, give God some praise right there. Thank God that he changes the equation because didn't he do a different equation in every single storm we ever saw him in? Walked on water one time, appeared on the boat another time. Let's Paul get wrecked this time. Like he changes the equation and never does it the same. I thank God that we serve a God who does something new instead of the same old boring stuff over and over and over again. We'd be stuck in the same old time religion, the old way of church, the old way of worship. The, the Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Some of the reasons why we don't play a lot of old songs is because we ought to have a new song. We ought to have a new way of clapping, a new way of shouting, a new way of praising because God needs to switch up the equation on us and i didn't plan on preaching that that's just for you guys didn't preach at any other service but i wanted you guys to hear this because you think you got a an, I, I see it all the time especially in churches the churches that think they have a corner on god you need to worship like us or you're not right you need to you need to be you need to be like us or, or you're god doesn't love you. you you need to do it like i heard i heard people talk about an equation for salvation I wish I could just preach on that. If you don't pray this prayer like this, 
But I'm pretty sure that I saw in Scripture that Jesus said, if you just call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I don't care if it's a whisper or a shout. Jesus heard your cry. And you know what? It's not an equation of, well, you got to get saved first, then baptized, then filled with the Holy Spirit. Then after a while, God develops gifts. No, no, no. I watch people in the book of Acts get saved first, filled with the Spirit second, spoke in tongues, then baptized in water. It was all out of the equation because God said... I'm going to keep you guessing, baby. You're not going to figure, because the moment you figure God out, he's not God. And, and we have to get out of this unhealthy paradigm of thinking that we've got the equation for God. I, I pray every Sunday you come in and say, God, teach me a new equation. Teach me a new thing. Teach me something different, because it's fresh every morning. And so Paul, he goes through all of this, and they say, hey, we're going to listen to the pilot. Well, then they listen to Pilate, and then, you know what happens? I want to read this verse to you. They listen to their senses, not the spirit. They listen to their flesh and not the man of God. They listen to the Pilate, not the preacher. And in verse 13, it says, when the south wind blew, turn to your neighbor that you, you're, you actually know, and just, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you are like, this is weird. I don't want to. You ever had that friend who always doesn't know how to tell a secret? You know, like my, my mother. <laughs> I love you, mom. Uh, my mom gets so close when she's praying. She always gets like right up on my face. And she's like, I just want to say. And she's all in my, I'm like, oh, oh God. You got to back up, lady. <laughs> Pray for me. Give me six feet. Social distance, young. No, I'm just kidding. So, we, I mean, we. The whisper, it's a soft wind. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. It was real interesting because he's, Paul said, don't do this. They did it anyway. But then a soft wind blew. It doesn't make sense unless you know the nature of people. Because the nature of people says, oh, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. And you take your first step and you're like, oh, it's going pretty good. And you look back and you're like, told you so. And then you take the next step and you fall. Because the Bible says that the winds grew worse and worse and worse and worse. And God will allow you. A, see, I don't see it as a point of trick. I see it a point as of grace. God says, I'm not letting the strong wind blow yet. You have time to turn back. You have time to course correct. If you'll just turn around at the soft, subtle whisper of a wind and get in the right direction with me and stop being led by your senses and led by the spirit, I'll stop the storm from coming. But I need you to turn the corner and turn around. Oh, I know I'm preaching good. You, you have to understand that God will allow you the grace for the first wind to blow. And God will allow that soft wind to come in to say, can you, because the Bible says a word to the wise should suffice. One word. But how many words do you need to usually course correct? How many strong winds? How many storms? Because then Paul, he gets, they get in this storm. <laughs> they get in this storm, and it's a 14-day storm. 14 days, people. We're talking about a long time. They didn't even see the sun. You ever felt like that during this time? When is the hope coming? When is the life coming? This is taking way too long. I'm going to close here in just a second, but I, 
I want to close with these last couple thoughts. And one of them is that this, this storm that, that, that we could have avoided, this storm that God could have brought, held, held us on top of and carried us through, because we could have given it carried through. But God is saying, hey, there's some things that are going to change before we come through this. And, and, and but when, before you get to Rome where I need you to be, there's some things that I'm going to have to have you let go of. And so he, he says, hey, you know, when, when you're going through, it, when the storm hit its worst, when the storm hit its worst and it was heavy, the men, the Bible says that all men, the men gave up hope. They lost all hope for life. They said, it's, that's it, it's over. We're going to die. But the Bible says, but Paul. It says, but Paul. After long abstinence, in verse 21, from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. That's your I told you so in the scripture? That Paul just gave you all permission to turn around and be like, Told you so. Told you so. Shouldn't have done it. You know, usually we don't like that phrase because we attribute that to a prideful, arrogant phrase. But usually, but right now, Paul is trying to speak truth to them that you should have been aware when I told you the first time. And sometimes in our human nature, we don't want to speak truth because we know how it's going to be responded and reacted by. So we withhold truth. But, Paul, but the Bible says that Paul was put in the midst of all the men and Paul spoke the truth first of what they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear that Paul was right from the beginning. They didn't want to hear that they should have listened to that friend, should have listened to that preacher, should have listened to that leader, should have listened to that pastor, should have paid more attention in church, should have paid more attention. They didn't want to hear that. But Paul said, I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like me or not because we're all going to die or we're all going to live and if we live it's going to be because of my faith not yours but I got to speak now I got to tell you the real truth and he says okay I told you so we shouldn't have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss now I urge you to take heart take courage take courage Bridge Church, take courage men and women of God take courage online take courage, take courage, take faith it's easy to take courage when it's in Christ, but it's hard to take courage when it's in your conditions. And, and you need to switch your courage from being tied to conditions and tied to your Savior. Because when it's tied to your Savior, I can take heart in the worst storm. I can take courage in the biggest adversity I ever faced. I can take heart in no matter what I may face. Jesus is with me, and I've got God on my side. Come on, let's give God some praise if you know you have God on your side. If your courage is not attached to your conditions, you can give God some praise. But some of you online and in here, I, I'm afraid to tell you the truth, and that is that your conditions are not just tied. They belong to your courage. And the only reason that you have courage at different points in your life is if the conditions are correct. And that's difficult. It's so hard to take heart at any point in your life, let alone the difficult times and disaster and loss when your conditions drive your courage. So difficult. Then he says this. He says, now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life. That's a positive statement. You're all going to live. And he says, but the ship is going down, baby. And I didn't, when I read that, I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Did you kind of feel the conflict? Like, he sets them up, like, we're all going to live. But the ship is going to be destroyed. And that's dangerous. 
because the ship is carrying you. And that's where your safety has been placed. But God says, uh, the ship won't make it into the next season of your life. There are some things that are going to have to die and be destroyed because the prisoner ship that carried you here isn't qualified to bring you to the place of destiny and discovery I have for you. I won't allow what kept you to deliver you into my promise. I, I won't allow what held you down before. I won't allow those chains to follow you into the promise. I won't allow those things. It's going to have to be gone. When I talk about this, this is huge because this message, you've never heard it preached before. And you've never heard it preached like this, and I'll tell you why. This was happening in 59 AD, Paul's journey. In the fall of 59 AD, I know the exact time because I know the fast. When he said the fast ended, the fast would have ended on October 1st. That means the 14-day journey would have began on October 3rd. And the 14-day journey began on October 3rd, and now we're on October 11th. We're right in the middle of the storm with Paul right now. And now it's 2020. It was 59 AD, and and the difference of time is 2,078 years. And I did the math earlier. I'm just, I'm not that good. But 2,078 years, and guess what 2,078 means in Hebrew? It means end times. The ending of. It means that something is about to end, but something is about to begin. And what carried you here, what, 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 what brought you to this point, what drove you back and forth in the storm, that ship that was tossed to and fro, that ship can't make it. That old mindset won't last. That old heart won't make it. That old way of thinking won't make it. That old preferences and prejudice, that old behavior, that old religious attitude, that pessimism and doubt insecurities and pride and vanity all of that that carried you here I used your prison to carry you to me but I can't let your prison come with you I can't let the the prisoner ship that carried you here continue that's got to die you're going to live but there are some things that have to go and I want to deal with this and God is saying look we're going to let go and let God. And we're, we're going to see God move in a greater, more powerful way. But there, there's this vessel that carried us here. See, the Bible says that they were driven and tossed by the storm. Some of you, you're just driven here. Not just in a car. But you, you, you were driven to church. You're driven to school. You're driven in relationship. And, and everywhere you feel, you just feel pushed and driven. You feel driven in, 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 in hope. You feel driven in everything. You feel driven by the wind and you feel tossed and, and you just kind of go back. And every time something happens, it's just driven back and forth. And life feels like this roller coaster because it's just being driven. And God is saying, I'm tired of you being driven by everything. A shepherd does not drive, a shepherd leads. And the devil is the only one who cracks the whip to drive you. So the prince of the air who's trying to drive your ship and drive your life and steer your life and control your life, that's going to end. I won't even let them have access to you, but I got to let you be led by the Spirit. And if that's if you can let go and let me be God in your life. Life is, it's tossed you too much. Are you the victim or the victor? Next week, I'm going to go a little bit further. We talked about the cast and the crew, the ship and the storm. But next week, I'm going to go into the venom and the victory. And I want to talk to you about how there's destiny in the discovery that God has for you. And and through this storm, that ship won't last, but your purpose will be greater. And you'll be set free. 
After this, we don't hear about Paul being in chains anymore and on a prison ship. After this, when we get to the end of this, Paul gets brought to Rome, and guess what happens in Rome? Paul gets his own place. They give him his own house. This is a prisoner, guys. He gets his own house, and he gets his own private security. And they protect Paul to allow him to preach the gospel as much as he chooses for two years. They, the, the very people who tried to say you're going to prison and going to die are the very people God used to turn it all around because that ship died. And he said, no, 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 you're coming into my promise, my discovery, and my destiny that I have for you with a whole nother level of favor, of blessing, of covering, of strength. And he goes, the very people who thought they were holding you down will now have to lift you up. And they're going to support you and protect you what I have for you. The, the, the enemies are going to become your allies. The adversaries will become your cheerleaders. I'm going to use the people who tried to torture you to help you testify. And I love that because that's a rejoicing statement for anybody who's ever had a hater in your life. Say, oh yeah, it's a dangerous place, bro. You're going to have to protect me here in a little bit. And you're going to have to help promote me. That's what happens with Paul. And two-thirds of the world got reached because of a prison ship because of a voyage, because Paul said, I want to embark and discover. Stand with me. We're going to close. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So good. God is so, God is so amazing. Every time I read this, there's more truth come out of it. And, and I hope you caught those points. As I was reading it, the Holy Spirit was speaking. I don't try to plan too far ahead because I, I've you get too far ahead of yourself that's when you start tripping the most uh and I, I know that if you just if you if you allow the holy spirit to guide you he'll always do great and 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 as you embark on this journey of discovery god is going to lead you and guide you and they may think it's prison but i call it purpose They, they may try to destroy you, but God says, even in the destruction, I have destiny for you. They, they may, the world may try to throw everything it's got at us, but, but as, the, as the world tries to crush us and the enemy tries to destroy us, the body of Christ will only grow stronger and healthier and more vibrant and brighter than ever before. And we're going to shine brighter and be the body of Christ in the earth because resistance training doesn't reveal my weakness. It reveals my strength. And I have the strength of God in my body and in my lungs. And you have the authority from heaven to speak and declare and worship. And we can see healing happen everywhere. I'm going to increase our capacity just a little bit more uh, for next week. And we're going to allow more people in every service. Because I want more people to experience the freedom that God has for them. And the touch of God. How, how many felt, raise your hand if you felt God in this place today. God, God is so good and God is moving. We need more people feeling that. Being in together saying, well, you're not alone. Paul had 276 other prisoners on this. He had a couple of homies with him too. And he was like, they were always with him. He talks about it over and over. It says, we got you, Paul. We're right there with you. I got you, Paul. Speak it, Paul. Amen, Paul. I told you so. That's right. He told you. That's right. That's right. He said it. He had, he had, Paul had his team, his crew. What crew do you have? Which side of the crew are you on? The, Paul, the crew that follows the preacher or the pilot? 
the senses of the spirit. Uh, be the part of the crew that says, I'm not going to just get saved because of your hope and faith. I want people around me getting saved and healed because of my hope and faith. And, and I want to be an anchor for somebody and help somebody. I, I'm not just waiting for Pastor Landon to do it all. I, I, I want to work with, let's do this together. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. You brought us together. It was decided that we would be together today to worship in spirit and in truth. That your word would go into our hearts and our minds. God, you showed up. Your spirit's here. The worship was powerful. The word was incredible. And it all came from the Holy Spirit. Now it's our job to do something with it. And instead of just being hearers of the word, let us be doers and active, Lord, as well. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're leading us into a place of action. An actionable Lord, way, God, Lord, that we can embrace, we can embark, we can move forward. God, Lord, that we can do what you have called us to do. We can take the territory. Maybe right now, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, here and online, there's somebody, you're picturing friends right now that you need to speak the truth to. You're picturing uh, in places of influence, your work, your school, your circles of influence. And God is saying, hey, are you going to let them drown with the ship or are you going to help save them too? And God is saying right now for every single person, we're all on this voyage and those who will be saved are those who decide to follow the Spirit and those who decide to embark, those who decide to get on and go with God, what God is calling you to do. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're calling us to a greater purpose. Somebody who needs to hear this right now, you're in the middle between a mistake and a miracle. And it's your choice which side you choose. You can pick the mistake and continue to be in a tumultuous storm that your life will never see the day from. Or you can choose the miracle that Paul got to see and live in your miracle. If you need a miracle right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need a miracle in your mind, your body, your heart, your, if you need a miracle in your finances, in your business, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for all those hands going up. Right now, keep them up, and I'm going to pray for your miracle. You know the miracle you need, and I need you to pray with me and not let me pray for you. Lord, in Jesus' name, there's a miracle coming. God, Lord, in somebody's body, in somebody's heart, in somebody's mind, somebody even online feels sick and COVID is trying to plague them. In the name of Jesus, heal them and bring a miracle to their body. I pray right now, God, if there is lost, people who are lost, and Lord, and feeling depression and thoughts of suicide, and they need a miracle of hope right now, God, I pray that you would speak life and hope to them and lord if we need a miracle in our mind and in our heart god bring that miracle if we need a miracle in our spirit bring that miracle god we need a miracle miracle signs and wonders aren't for yesterday they're for now they're for right now and lord i thank you god that miracles signs and wonders will follow all those who follow you and lord we thank you with every head bowed and every eye closed i if there's somebody who wants to receive Jesus for the first time or rededicate your life to God, it's been a while. You, you've run pretty far, but you've realized you can never outrun God. And God's saying it's time to come home. If that's you, and you want to give your life back to Jesus, with no one looking around, I want you to raise your hand right now in boldness and faith and courage. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for online. I know there are people online right now raising their hand, opening their hearts to what God has for them. With every hand raised and heart open and everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, 
I'll receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God a great praise. Come on, good. A strong praise. Smile. People gave their life to Jesus. God's going to use this. I'm telling you, God's going to use whatever we're going through, personal and, and nationally and, and all around the world. For every trouble of transition, there's always great transformation. So as you continue to see, let the trouble come. Transition will always be a part of our life, and so will trouble. But great transformation comes from that too. So I'm going to allow that to come because I want God to bring great transformation. Because that's what we've been praying for. When is church finally going to be what we're called? When are we going to finally do what Paul did and walk into a whole city and see a whole city turn for Jesus? When are we going to finally walk into states and say, hey, time for everybody to start serving Jesus? When are we going to walk into nations and see a whole nation turn their heart to God like Paul and, and Peter and Timothy? When, when are we going to see that? And I, I pray right now is what, during this trouble of transition, God is singing, great transformation is on the way. And we just got to be the faith-filled believers who say, take heart, take heart, take heart. No life will be lost and God is about to do it. The old way of doing things is gone and a new way is coming. Amen. Amen. Do you believe it? Don't miss out. Next week, I, you need to be here. This is just the warm-up for next week. And next week is powerful, powerful, the discovery and the destiny. Let's speak this bridge declaration together. Have an incredible week. Young adults, have an awesome Monday, and then we'll see you all next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Awesome. Great week. We'll see you next Sunday. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam.